0: Join Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin for a new monthly edition of the Capital Ideas podcast. It's your look inside one of the world's largest asset managers. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Invest 30 minutes today. American Funds Distributors, Inc.
1: VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients.
2: As you practice each skill,
1: the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
3: Good morning, it's Wednesday the 12th of July in London. This is the Blueberg Daybreak Europe podcast. I'm Caroline Hepke And I'm Lizzie Burden.
4: Coming up today, a new report suggests the UK's inflation crisis could last
3: until next May as the Prime Minister rules out tax cuts. And NATO agreed plans for expansion and more arms for Ukraine after a hugely consequential meeting for the alliance.
4: Plus, we hear more about the high end home buyers becoming increasingly nervous about London's prime property market. Let's start with a roundup of our top stories. The average UK household will be £2,300 worse off by the time inflation eases in May next year. That's according to a report by Grant Thornton and Retail Economics, who say the financial squeeze will wipe £65 billion off household spending power. The Prime Minister, Rishi Sunak, insists that getting inflation down remains his top priority.
3: The U.K. is not alone in experiencing a rise in interest rates, very similar in America, Australia, Canada, New Zealand, for example. The crucial thing that we have to do is bring inflation down. That's how we're going to ease the burden on families. That's how we're going to stop the increase in interest rates. And that's why my first priority is to halve inflation. Now, of course, that is proving to be more persistent than people thought.
4: Speaking to reporters at the NATO summit in Lithuania, Sunak also said that the fight against price rises trumps the need for tax cuts. The comments echo those of his chancellor, Jeremy Hunt, over the weekend. However, the stance risks alienating members of his own party who are unhappy that a conservative government has taken the tax burden to a 70-year high.
3: Now, NATO has moved forward with plans to enlarge its defence alliance during a meeting in the Lithuanian capital, Vilnius. The group firmed up the prospects for Ukraine's future membership and secured a breakthrough deal with Sweden that will complete its expansion northwards. Speaking to Bloomberg's Maria today at the gathering, the UK Foreign Secretary James Cleverly made clear that he feels it's Moscow's actions that have forced NATO
2: to move. My message to Russia is remove your troops. Now, Russia is the aggressor. Russia sent its troops into Ukraine. Russian missiles are targeting civilian infrastructure, civilian centres. Russia has been the one that has escalated uh, throughout this.
3: And we'll be getting more on that story with Bloomberg's Muir Tadea, who is on the ground at the NATO meeting in Vilnius.
4: US inflation, out to, US inflation data out today is likely to be pivotal for Fed officials. The consensus estimate sees headline inflation falling sharply from 4 to 3.1%. Bloomberg Economics expects headline and core CPI to be subdued. JP Morgan's analysts think there's a good chance it comes in cooler than expected, though, while well, their trading desk put an 80% chance the print comes in below or in line with the forecasts. A cool print could allow the
3: FOMC to pause the high cycle after its July meeting now the US Federal Trade Commission is understood to be plotting its next move after a judge ruled against the agency in its case to block the Microsoft Activision deal Bloomberg's Doug Krisner has the details
2: we're told the FTC is leaning toward filing an appeal as soon as today a federal judge found the FTC did not prove the deal would harm competition for gaming but Robert Landy of the University of Baltimore Law School said the law only requires the agency to show a deal may substantially lessen competition, not that it will or is likely to. The judge extended an order blocking Microsoft from closing the deal until midnight Pacific time on Friday. The FTC would need to seek an emergency stay to extend. The question is whether the appeals court would rule before the deal's deadline on July 18th. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner Bloomberg Daybreak Europe.
3: Well, that news from the US comes as the UK Competition and Markets Authority says that it's prepared to evaluate proposals from Microsoft after vetoing the deal in May. The CMA says that it has now agreed to a stay in the company's appeal before the Competition Appeal Tribunal.
4: Meanwhile, Microsoft says a China-backed hacking group intent on conducting espionage breached a series of email accounts linked to government agencies in Western Europe. In a blog post, Microsoft said the group that it identified as Storm. 0558, was able to remain undetected for a month after gaining access to email data from around 25 organisations in mid-May. The software company says it only discovered the breach following an investigation in mid-June after being
3: alerted by customer reports about abnormal mail activity. Now, documents detailing how the biggest merger in golf history came together has attracted the scrutiny of U.S. lawmakers. The U.S. Senate has released documents from officials that show how Liv agreed to stop competing against the PGA in exchange for a say in government, governance and a share in future media rights. U.S. Senator Richard Blumenthal, the panel's chairman, says that transparency is vital.
2: Americans very simply deserve to know what this agreement means for the future of golf as well as for the future of the Saudi Arabian government's investment in sports and other autocratic regimes that may choose to do the same.
3: Meanwhile, the deal the PGA made with Liv Golf and the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund includes a broad non-disparagement clause that Blumenthal argues could prevent criticism of Saudi Arabia. And finally, London's property market
4: slump is starting to weigh on even the richest buyers. James Wilcock has more. Rather than sell a house for less, many owners are opting not to sell at all. Property researcher Lonrez says transactions are down 20% compared to this time last year, with homes worth more than £5 million being worst hit. It's not just volume. Deals are taking longer to happen and are more likely to fall through. Foreign buyers are also holding back as they look ahead to a general election and potential rule changes by any new government. In London, James Woolcock,
1: Bloomberg Daybreak Europe
3: right those are a few of today's top stories for you then um just in terms of the inflation picture I think it's really important to focus on the U- US CPI number uh, the inflation report expected to show clear deceleration I mean just remember you know a year ago we were at nine uh, percent more than nine percent U.S inflation and now that could well come in to sort of three four percent depending on which forecast you're looking at um it doesn't look as if it's going to derail the Fed when it comes to the the next rate hike, but it could have significant impact after that. Exactly. It's all but certain that the Fed's going to hike by a quarter point
4: this month. The question really is, will it be the final one? This print really could be pivotal for shaping inflation expectations in the coming months. Last week, it was all about the jobs data. This really is the grand finale. Uh, But also inflation dominating the headlines here in the UK still. Uh, That really interesting Grant Thornton Mm. report about how long the crisis is going to continue here in the UK and having an impact on the Prime Minister's political ambitions. We know that tax cuts are what his MPs want, doesn't look like that's going to be something that we see this year.
3: No, absolutely but the, the other key issue for Rishi Sunak is how much public sector pay um, will be doled out by government and we are expecting the decision in the coming days about you know how much that is going to be for people like teachers and nurses and so on. After all the strike action that we've seen in the UK On a slightly lighter note, (laughs) Barbenheimer, have you booked your tickets for the weekend? They both look great. I haven't booked
4: my tickets, (laughs) but I'd find it difficult to choose between the two. So indeed, Barbenheimer, it's going to have to be. I think I'll have to do them back to back. Not sure which order, though, yet.
3: Yeah, absolutely. For the uninitiated, of course, it's whether you're going to go and watch the Barbie movie. And the Oppenheimer movie. And this is not my line, but I think it's a great line. One, a film about a bomb. Another, a film about a bombshell. It's quite a contrast, but apparently it's going to be a hit, maybe. Or at least that's what the... uh the uh, makers of the movies would like you to believe. Anyway. take uh, My pink hat off to Sarah Rappaport, the author <laughs> of that fantastic line.
4: Yeah. But let's get back to geopolitics because NATO is expanding northwards with a breakthrough deal for Sweden to join. But the timetable for Ukraine's membership looks more uncertain. NATO members pledge to invite Ukraine to join the bloc when allies agree and conditions are met. Well, to unpack what that exactly means, joining us now to discuss is Bloomberg's Europe correspondent Maria Tadeo. She's at the NATO summit in Vilnius. Maria, thanks for being with us. Ukraine President Vladimir Zelensky's called the failure to set a NATO timetable absurd, but the country's got extra support from the G7. What's the thinking now about support for Ukraine?
1: Look, they communicate that it is tricky to define what it means because in some ways It is vague. When you alluded to this, uh, this idea of, yes, Ukraine will join and this invitation will be extended to the country when allies agree and the conditions are met, obviously implies there is a double conditionality in here. And that's a problem for Ukrainians. Are they happy with the communique? No, they're not. They think uh, it came on the weaker side. They expected something that would read, well, less of a future hypothetical, but really more in the immediate future and kind of set up a, a more defined uh, time frame. Are they happy with the language? Obviously, they say that it, the expectations were just so high for Ukraine that this was simply not enough to satisfy what the country says is fighting for and continues to fight for in this war, I think when I spoke yesterday to a very, very senior European official, he basically told me, look, the communique, it took a flurry of diplomacy. It was hours in the thing but this was the best balancing act that we could get to in terms of, yes, stand with Ukraine, but also factor some of the concerns about more immediate language that had been manifested, even publicly by the President of the United States, but not just that an idea, something that looked like an immediate invitation could be potentially a form of escalation. I think there's also a question here of was there a mismatch in the expectations? Is that fundamentally the issue? Overall, Ukraine, obviously, as I said, says this is on the weaker side. But what I was told from a senior diplomat is ultimately that's as far as they could go if they wanted a consensus.
3: Yeah. Okay. How united do you think then NATO comes out of these two days of meetings versus Russian aggression? Big question for Europe. You know, the level of U.S. support, President Biden being there.
1: Look, I think we're going to find out today. Uh, The day continues. President Zelensky will be here. He will will inaugurate what is a new format that is called the NATO-Ukraine Council. This is something that the Secretary General has said. Look, it has real value behind it because it is a political platform. It has a a political dimension uh, to this. We're also expecting potentially another package that will be agreed by NATO in terms of this medium-term support. And then there's obviously the question about the security guarantees, not assurances. Again, we go back to the language here, which matters so much. Ukraine says they want to talk about guarantees, and that is stronger in the sense of stronger signal than an assurance. So a lot of this will play into the final day, and of course that will show whether or not NATO means business when they say we're united and we stay in stand with Ukraine for the long haul.
4: Okay, Blue Europe correspondent Maria Tadeo, thanks for being with us. Up next, Jeremy Hunt orders cuts to fund public sector
0: pay rises. The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors,
2: Inc. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at stiefel.com. That's S T I F E L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas and Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE.
0: You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight athletes actors artists but what about the people behind the scenes you know the ones who make it all happen the lighting engineers the sideline photographers the caterers they're small business masterminds and if there's one thing they have in common it's making their money work harder that's why they have a business bank account with quickbooks money where they are now earning a generous five percent annual percentage yield yes five percent apy making your money work as hard as you do. That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time.
2: Now, the paper review on Bluebird Daybreak Europe. The news you need to know from today's papers.
3: Leanne Gerens joins us for more on the front pages. The Financial Times. Jeremy Hunt orders ministers to find £2 billion of savings for public sector pay rises. Good morning, Leanne. This is uh, the big issue then for the Chancellor for Public Sector Workers. Yes, absolutely,
5: Caroline. Not just for the Chancellor, but also for the Prime Minister. And they're going to be meeting about this apparently tomorrow, according to the FT. So let's get into the details. The Chancellor is actually asking ministers to find billions of pounds of savings to fund public sector pay rises this year. And this will basically be to plug a funding gap that is missing. Independent pay review bodies are recommending public sector awards of around 6% for 2023 and 24. So they want the pay for public sector to go up to that amount. And that's well above the 3.5%, Caroline, that mm. the government's been proposing and we've seen this wave of strikes across the country due to public sector pay and um, Hunt's made it clear that he will not borrow more money to fund these pay rises for police officers, teachers, nurses and other public sector workers. And according to the Financial Times, apparently Whitehall is now in a complete flurry to find savings, including yeah, reviewing which capital is also, programmes. You know, yes. Potentially
3: a return to austerity, which is really Really quite remarkable, as well as not knowing whether well, the government will will hand over, you know, that the amount of money that is being recommended by these independent pay bodies, which the government's sort of been talking about for months but as being say, the arbiters. Go there on. is
4: a good bit of news for the government in the jobs data yesterday. There were only, I say only, 128,000 working days lost to strikes in May, mm. which was actually the lowest number of days lost since July
5: 2022. But the problem is, why... I get what you're saying, but why Jeremy Hunt is saying 6% is very high Mm. when we look at this is because high wages mean high inflation and they are trying to get hold of this and they are raising rates, which is making it hard for people who have mortgages, the cost of living crisis. Mm. And yesterday, even though there was some positive data, Lizzie, it was still high. Mm. And that means that that could really point to a Bank of England raising interest rates in August to counter this. Or so the Chancellor would
4: argue. Let's move on to another front page. The Guardian says that financial firms must boost protections against AI scams. This is that the something the UK regulator
5: is going to warn, Leanne. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So Nikhil Arathi, the head of the Financial Conduct Authority, is basically going to be giving this big speech in London today. And he's going to be warning bosses in the finance sector of their accountability for decisions taken by AI at their firms. I think this is a pretty interesting way to look at things. He will also say that there are risks of cyber fraud, cyber attacks and identity fraud really increasing in a scale and sophistication that we haven't seen before. And this is because AI technology is moving so rapidly. It's becoming so widespread. Mm. And businesses, we've heard this time and time again, Caroline, haven't we, are scrambling to work out How to use the rapidly advancing technologies such as open AI to improve productivity. Today's speech by um, Nikhil Arathi will outline the benefits of how the financial sector can really improve models due to technology, but the increasing risks that it does come with. So, you know, Rishi Sunak hoping to make the UK the centre for regulation of AI, but I think this is going to be a critical speech for all the companies out there.
3: This is Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, your morning brief on the stories making news from London to Wall Street and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed every morning on Apple, Spotify and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning on London DAB Radio, the Bloomberg Business App and Bloomberg.com. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 11.30. I'm Caroline Hepker.
4: And I'm Lizzie Burden. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Europe.